0: You're listening to Co-op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM in Vancouver on the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. This is The Self Advocate, and I'm your host, Allison Klein. On this episode, we're talk- talking about two different art events in Vancouver, focusing on disability. The first event is with the Possibilities Inclusion Art Show, which is now virtual. And the second event is the Kickstart Disability Artist Talks, Talk 10 by 5. But before we get into both interviews, let's play the theme song Possibilities by
1: Key Sarah. <laughs> don't know When i got there she was crying by her mirror at the sight her curly hair and brand new braces, big glasses and her freckled face i sat down
0: just heard the song Possibilities by Key Sarah. Key Sarah is a mother-daughter duo from Ontario and the daughter is on the autism spectrum. You're listening to The Self Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM and me your host Alison Klein. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter my Facebook handle is Allison Mira Klein and my Twitter handle is Allison Mira. So for the first interview for today, I'm talking with Monique Nelson of Possibilities and Possibilities is an organization that specializes in developmental and intellectual disabilities. They provide services and resources for people with both developmental and intellectual disabilities interesting thing that they're doing for the month of october is an inclusion art show and it is their 16th annual art show and it's their first time having it all virtual all digital thank you so much for Uh, coming on my show Monique.
2: Thank you Allison it's a pleasure to be here and I miss our time at Heritage Hall last year when we connected over this amazing topic.
0: To get us started off let's focus on the art show because we're on arts and culture radio show. What was the inspiration to make this art show?
2: Oh, well, <laughs> that goes back 16 years. And I've been with possibilities for about a dozen, but what it really started out as is an opportunity to bring together artists with diverse abilities across BC and to show to the world the beauty that is in the community living movement and the people who we support. So we started the show and it became a tradition and it's our agency's contribution to community inclusion month in BC where we celebrate diverse abilities. So what we do is we we host and we invite all other agencies who work with artists or who have art studios within them to come join us for a day of art. And that is usually in the Heritage Hall at May 14th in Vancouver. And this year, we couldn't go there, but the artists let us know in no uncertain terms that we needed to have an art show. So on with this challenge, how are we going to do that? And how will we do it online? When it had always been such an intimate and
0: personal event. That's interesting because I was there last year and it was such an intimate event it was so beautiful and to be in such a historic building Mm -hmm. now having the artists wanting to have an art show but now virtual and that's with uh, the radio as well I still wanted to be part of The radio community and now doing it virtually online and at home, instead of being in the studio. Now, it sounds like they still wanted this show. Has it been difficult changing it into having it virtual.
2: That's a great question. I think Initially, for our organizing committee that tends to work on the logistics for a good 10 months of the year, we really struggled with how to bring that intimacy to an online digital platform. Uh, But over time, we realized we could only start where we could. So some things that we decided to do was to keep it a little bit simpler. Rather than having a thousand pieces of art, we would have about 30 from each agency. And so we still have over 100 artists represented, but a little bit less um, showcased. But then what we're doing is serving as a portal for people to go explore more. So we're giving a taster, a good sample of the work of the individual or the agency, and then referring them to them directly to see their own websites, Facebook pages, Instagram feeds, and to connect directly with the artists. So the intimate part may come later. It's just going to look different. So perhaps it's a conversation with an artist around the price, the dimensions, the delivery and, and drop off and payment of the piece and who knows what's going to come from that. So we just found a way to do that and add some elements of fun with social media contests like we're currently running a scavenger hunt to encourage our viewers who come to the site to go visit each of the different studios virtually. So those are the little things that it took us a while to think about and you know, moving from having several hundred people, and last year it was over a thousand who came through the hall over the course of the day, to online. Uh, it's a little bit nerve-wracking. So I sit here today feeling a little better because we opened the doors yesterday, and art has already begun to sell. Who are you
0: showcasing? What, uh, what type of agencies are you showcasing this year?
2: Well, the same crew who came out last year, Alison. So we have um, alternative creations, we have pottery works, both the pottery side and the painting collective. We have the Developmental Disabilities Association Vicuna Art Studio, um, Langley's Bridge Art Club, and I know I'm gonna forget someone, our own alternative creations. There are eight different studios, some that splinter off like pottery works into different components, but we have them all back. So all of them support artists with either developmental or intellectual disability. Or perhaps a brain injury. So, there are the different kinds of um, impacts that make a person have a different look, different view on the world, and that can manifest through their art.
0: What is a developmental disability versus you know. an intellectual disability versus a uh, brain injury?
2: Yeah, you know, it's super interesting and it's so personal to the individual. So, I think I'll preface this with we never intend. <laughs> to offend anyone or cause any harm. So we try to use the labels respectfully. Um, people would, who are looking for our show online or for our services, they sometimes need to know what that is. So if you're a person um, who is on the autism spectrum, and you have uh, a great set, of, great set of abilities and some areas of challenge, you may not identify as a person with a disability. but you typically would identify with the intellectual disability, recognizing there's something that's different about how your mind works. And so these labels, they are just labels. Really, it's people, (laughs) people who are artists that we're celebrating this month. They happen to be funded by us, which means they do meet some criteria for support services. And that's where those labels tend to come in. So we like to celebrate diverse abilities, but for the general public, that may not be so clear. It's like, well, we all have diverse abilities, right? So it's, nomenclature is super challenging for us in promoting this show. And we also know that there's a group of folks who love the word disability because it's disability pride. It's who we are. It's part of who we are, celebrated. it. So,
0: Another question.
2: Yeah, I hope we capture them all: <laughs> Intellectual, developmental, and brain injury, which is not from birth, right? Maybe something that occurred so that's the difference there
0: because I've I also have friends with developmental and intellectual disabilities why do you use the term ability?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, and that's also a controversial term, <laughs> but it is a term that the BC People's First Self Advocacy Group is really fond of, and they um, they resonate deeply with that term. So we, out of respect for them and how they wish to be identified, we like to use the term diversibility. It also helps capture folks who have an intellectual disability that don't identify with the disability label at all. They consider themselves neurodiverse, and they are neurodiverse. So that's like another way to to broaden the net a little bit more.
0: I also like the term neurodiversity. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great term. Of, it's a great term and it talks about the differences between a typical person and someone who doesn't function typically. Right. And of course I have a learning disability so that falls under neurodiversity. So Has COVID-19 impacted how the artists are making their art?
2: You know, that's the very first question we asked when we were considering whether or not we should even host a show this year. And what we learned from the studios is that people were working at home and the art studios were sending the staff who used to work with them, the art facilitators, in a studio space to their homes. So they would send home supplies. They would get visits from an art facilitator. So they would be creating at home as well as creating in studio. So we ended up getting a good representative sampling of work. I don't know if there's quite as much as we would have had, if, say we would have allowed a 1,000 pieces to be registered. I'm not sure we would have hit that number, but there certainly are hundreds and hundreds of pieces to be enjoyed. So I was excited about that because that was really surprising to me and a, a pleasant surprise.
0: Are you doing any talks as well this year, either on Zoom or other virtual digital platforms?
2: Yes, we are going to do one Zoom talk, and it's still in the planning part, so maybe I could send it to you before this um, show airs. And it will be done through Do, through a kudos post. So these are the, the facilitators of the online experiences that we're hosting for people who are typically served in outreach. So there would be something like a buddy club or a kudos experience to go to, and now that's online on a website called Do. So Alison Chow will be hosting that and she'll be interviewing the artist A.J. Brown and this is going to be interesting because A.J. is deaf so we also need to figure out how to put the interpretation online as well so people can visualize that and have the interpretation provided. So we're excited about that. So I would say that's going to come probably the third week of October about the time when this, this show airs if you'd like information people can reach out to me directly and i'll send them the link so they know when the
0: time and that's per- great to our first psa and then we'll still be talking with monique nelson of possibilities
2: did you know that vancouver co-op radio cfro 100.5 fm has over 90 different shows produced by over 350 community members This wide range of programming produced by our diverse group of programmers ensures that we have a show you'll love. We have shows on feminism, spirituality, disability rights, politics, unions, and parenting. We play jazz, indie rock, reggae, blues, and folk. We broadcast in a dozen different languages and have more First Nations programs than any other radio station in Vancouver. Find your show on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. All
1: different, all the time.
0: You're listening to The Self Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM. On the unceded territories of the Squamish, Juice, and Musqueam peoples, I'm your host Alison Klein. You can follow me on Facebook at Alison Mira Klein, or on Instagram at Alison Mira. We're talking right now with Monique Nelson of Possibilities and their event for October, which is the Inclusion Art Show. Now that the Inclusion Art Show is virtual, are you doing any other virtual art shows or virtual events for possibilities?
2: Yes, yes. We do have a couple of other initiatives underway. So by, by the time this airs, unfortunately one will be completed, but we always partner with the Vancouver International Film Festival So during Community Inclusion Month, the film festival is still running. So this year we sponsored a film called The Reason I Jump, which is the adaptation of a novel of a 12-year-old Japanese boy with autism who is nonverbal. And so that's been translated into a documentary film that covers four continents and features various individuals and their families um, who live with nonverbal abilities. And that's super interesting. And then we hosted a Zoom after party to discuss the film that we saw together. Um, another event that we have that's we're in the planning stages for a poetry reading. So we have these really cool poetry pairs of the persons that we serve and poets from various who are actually known as SLAM poets and spoken word poets out there in Vancouver. And so there have been three pairings and then those pairings produced poetry, but, but the opportunity to share them is gone. <laughs> so what we've done is created little doc- documentary films. And uh, we have those films that are now on the Inclusion Art Show website under Other Arts Initiatives, so you can listen and view the poems, um, view and interpretation of the poems. And we're trying to plan a Zoom event that the artists will be there, the poets will be there speaking. So when the poets were first finished, it was right in the beginnings of the pandemic. But now that we're knowing it's gonna be a while till we can get bigger groups together, we're gonna figure out how to take those poems and give a presentation and dialogue opportunity to those poets who worked so hard and created some amazing work over the past seven months.
0: That sounds great and amazing that we could have all of these now virtual meetups with everyone. Has it been easier to now have virtual meetups or more difficult?
2: That's a really good question. We have hundreds and hundreds of people visiting our co-make do platform with online events, learning experiences and coaching and so on. But we also know there are many more who don't have the technology or don't have the ability to independently use the technology. So we're constantly working on bringing people along and providing tools to help them learn. Um, in some cases, an individual's parent may not be able to use the technology either. So it is it is challenging, Alison, there's no doubt about it. We're doing our best and we're meeting a need, but there's still so much more room to bring people aboard.
0: What have been the highlights of this this pandemic for possibilities and having an art show.
2: I'm so glad you asked because I'm kind of famous around the office for my line, in crisis there is opportunity. So, <laughs> um, for us and for the inclusion art show, I think the opportunity of it being online is that uh, people will be able to view it from anywhere in the world. And for many of the artists whom we serve, Their family members, only a limited number would be able to come in person to the show, but now they can just let them know where it lives for an entire month and people can come visit from wherever they are. The shipping of the art that they sell to all over the world, that part might get complicated. (laughs) We'll do some learning there too. We've provided the artists with some kits and tools to help them as a starting point, like for postage rates and delivery rates and so on, how to safely do um, an interaction to be paid And to meet someone and those sorts of things so supporting artists to get out there to the extent they can um, and to have safe interactions with their guests who could be anywhere in the world now so that's a really big opportunity i think
0: what has been your favorite thing about all of this
2: (laughs) my favorite thing about all of this well you know we would fret so much about the weather is the weather would have an impact on whether whether or not people would make it out to heritage hall because a lot of the folks we support and the artists, their parents are seniors, or they themselves have disabilities and they perhaps use mobility aids, and weather was a big factor in them coming out in the evening to enjoy a show. So I think my favorite part of that is it doesn't matter what's happening outside. You can visit www.inclusionartshow.com and enjoy that experience for the entire month of October.
0: That's another thing that I enjoy is being able to enjoy it.
2: Can I give a shout? To our sponsors to Allison. Yes, of course. <laughs> Thank you. Every year uh, for the past I don't know how many years but for many we've had sponsorship from the BC government employee and services union and this year we also had a generous grant from the city of Vancouver. So even though we completely changed the plan for when we first applied for the grant um, both of them stood with us and said, you know what, we see value in this work that you're doing. And we're investing that money into online promotions of the art show. And it's working really well. So I just want to thank them for sticking with us and giving us this opportunity to bring the show to life. We're not taking any commissions this year or any registration fees because we just weren't sure how much art would sell. And we didn't want to you know, put that on anyone. So it's a thank you to our sponsors for helping make this show possible.
0: That's wonderful. That. She- that you're now getting funding and still getting funding yeah. considering that you're not getting commission you mentioned that you used to get commission how much commission did you guys get
2: yeah we took between 10 and 15 percent 10 percent for most years and then last year moved it up to 15 which is far far lower than most shows <laughs> but we wanted this the maximum amount of money to go back to the artists and to the studios for them to continue their work so that was how we did it. And we would have a small fee for registration for the use of the materials we provided, such as the tables and lattices, the decoration, the food, the hall rental, just to cover all of our basic expenses. We like to run it as close to, you know, equal as possible so that the optimal money comes back to the artists.
0: Why, why make it an art show just on intellectual and developmental disabilities and brain injury people? Instead of having it with the general population,
2: that is an excellent question and actually a little bit of a controversial one around the table for us. Um, it's actually it's a tradition. It's our tradition to celebrate disability culture. That's really what it boils down to. It's not, and the, the name inclusion is for us pushing to be included and recognized as artists artists with disabilities with valuable contributions to make to society. So it really started there. And people are loath to let go of that tradition, but we are, we are nudging in the direction of including more people through projects that we do in partnership with organizations like Emily Carr or through um, some of the art- artists with Kickstart. They wouldn't identify as having necessarily a developmental disability. They may have had some mental health challenges in their life. And their art uh, is, is very unique to them. So we want to, we are nudging and expanding, but also being true to our roots and really wanting to showcase artists with developmental disabilities. And what you'll notice about our show, it is not jewelry. So the art that comes forth is a wide variety of media, of styles, of techniques. It's an art show for
0: What type of art are you showcasing this year?
2: All the same ones as last year. So we have the paintery, sorry, paintings, pottery, photography, jewelry making, glass making, mosaics, and some fabric arts. Lots on the go.
0: One of my favorites were the cards with the uh, photography on it.
2: Brenna Fitch is back. (laughs) Yes, you can find that in the show. Brenna Fitch is uh, under the Independence if you visit our website. She's there.
0: How can we, how can the listener find this inclusion art show and possibilities.
2: Right. Well, that's gonna be easy for you because it's literally inclusionartshow.com on the internet and possibilities. And I will have to find out uh, a little bit more about Kay and Sarah for that, <laughs> that musical interlude there. But possibilities is felt a little bit differently. You can find us online at pls. Abilities, A-B-I-L-I-T-I-E-S dot C-A, so possibilities.
0: And what else does possibilities do to help support those with both intellectual and developmental disabilities in a time of COVID?
2: In the time of COVID, we're offering all of the services that we always have. So those include employment services, behavior support and consultation, community integration, and community housing. So we're still running on all cylinders. Um, It looks a little different right now. The community inclusion services that were offered in small group settings um, now are a bit more spaced out. So there are less people on the site at any given time and at different times of day. But we are definitely open. And we are also still taking referrals from our government funders and from private sources as well. People who want to come into employment services, for example, they may do so without being CLBC eligible. Perhaps they have some challenges they're working with and they need a little extra help.
0: What is CLBC?
2: Oh, (laughs) sorry, acronym you? I'm so sorry. Community Living British Columbia is the Crown Corporation that funds services for adults with developmental disabilities. And they have a stream of funding for folks with intellectual disabilities as
0: well. That's wonderful. And that's wonderful that Possibilities is able to still keep working under times of COVID and support people. This has been the first half of the Self Advocate a show on CFRO Co op Radio 100.5. Up next, me, your host, Allison Klein, will be talking with Kickstart Disability Arts and Culture, who is doing a BC Culture Day artist talk 10 by 5 event. So stay tuned for that.
1: Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM is political.
3: Co-op Radio is poetry.
1: Co-op Radio is tango.
3: Co-op Radio is gay. Ecology. Comedy. Feminism. Philosophy. Yoga. Reggae.
1: Bicycles. Trade unions.
3: Gospel. Live.
1: Local. Asian.
3: African. Mm -hmm. Vancouver Co-op Radio. Community,
0: your
1: community, Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO, 100.5 FM, all different, all the time.
0: You're listening to CFRO Co-op Radio, 100.5 FM on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. I'm your host Alison Klein. You can find me on Facebook or on Twitter. My Facebook handle is Alison Mira Klein and my Twitter handle is Alison Mira. In the previous section I talked to Monique Nelson of Possibilities and the Inclusion Art Show. Coming up, we're going to be talking with Kate Blake of the Kickstart Disability Arts and Culture and about the BC Culture Days. Thank you so much for being here, Kate.
3: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: First off, Disability Arts and Culture is having an, an artist talk for the BC, BC Culture Days in Vancouver. You're bringing in artists who have disabilities to talk about their art. What inspired this collaboration?
3: Um, well, th- uh, three years ago, uh, we were invited by Culture Days in BC to produce an event uh, with our artists. Um, So this will be our third year taking place um, and doing our artist talk. We decided to do um, what we call 10 by five. That way we could showcase a multitude of artists versus just one. Um, We like to give as many artists exposure as we can when we do our events. Um, So there uh, again this year, There will be 10 artists speaking for five minutes about themselves and their artistic practice. Um, So in past years we had done this as a live event Um, but of course this year um, with COVID-19 events have changed and all of Culture Days this year is is digital and online. So this will be our first time doing a group artist talk um, uh, digitally.
0: I remember back in June late May early June you did a kickstart did a, a week-long artist talk as well showcasing disabled art, disabled both disabled and non-disabled artists
3: yes yeah actually um that was a, a it was a week-long festival so we had um, an array of events so there was some artist talks that um, included um, between one and three artists being featured We did some workshops some performance based um, performances as well as um, nightly drumming circles. Um, So this is again you know not our first uh, digital event but the first time that we are going to be showcasing 10 artists all at once um, in a digital platform.
0: This is totally different from the norm and of course I'm doing A radio show at home as many others on co-op radio have been doing has this changed has COVID changed the game for disabled artists doing their work or performing live?
3: Um, I would say so I think um, COVID has had a huge impact on um, I mean everyone but especially artists and art organizations because we've all really had to pivot how we are presenting events Um, and Kickstart like many other um, arts organizations were a bit hesitant to start doing in-person events um, even with you know some restrictions being lifted simply because our population generally um, falls under the folks that are most vulnerable so um, when COVID hit back in March we pivoted rather quickly to present the digital festival and then we did took some time to work on a new strategic plan uh for kickstart with this sort of new normal that we're in and made the decision that moving forward at least you know for the unforeseeable future at this point um we are going to be making a shift to digital events only um that way we can better serve our populations, still keep them involved uh, and connected during this time. Um, I do know that you know, it, it, it has been a struggle for, for everyone, but I've also heard from folks in our community that right now with all of these events going digital and having this access from the comfort of your own home has actually been really great for some folks in the disability community. Um, and they've said that they've never felt more connected at this time, um, simply because there are all of these options for them to take part in events and experience the events um, as an audience member as well.
0: That's interesting. I'm going to this event, and I also went to the week-long event, and it was a lot of fun, and I was able to do it at the comfort of my own home.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was great. I I seem to recall you attending almost every single one of those events was, you know, we had a few people that were able to literally participate in everything. And, you know, um, I know for me, if it was a week-long in-person, you know, festival, I might not have the energy (laughs) to do all of that. So, you know, having... That the digital option and being able to to experience and take in all of these um, this art and artistic practice from the comfort of our homes is something that's uh, you know really fantastic, and something that I hope will continue um, when you know this pandemic uh, sorts itself out and you know we go back to our new normal.
0: Yeah, there's so many things that we can learn from this to be able to have not only the in
3: person but to have it digital and more people can join. Mm-hmm. Definitely like um you know it, this time has been challenging but it has also been a really exciting time for accessibility. Um you know I like to to talk about how you know disabled folks have been asking you know for the accommodations of working for home for years and you know it's often companies didn't see that as viable, but in a pandemic, you know so many places and companies were able to pivot so quickly so that you know that is one lesson that I'm really hoping that we as a society retain um, you know as we go back into more in- person events and you know being able to to interact in real life to still keep that digital component. For the sake of accessibility,
0: I think a lot more people would would benefit from this. Definitely. I certainly benefited. So, Kickstart Disability Arts and Culture started uh, in
3: Vancouver, 1998. 90- yes, we were
0: 1998. Why why was there such a push to have a disability arts and culture group?
3: Um, well, I, our organization um, was founded by a group of disabled artists um, and they saw a need in, within the arts community to bring awareness and bring um, a space for disabled artists to be taken seriously, to be um, put on the same level as any other professional artist. So originally, um, our founders started us as a festival organization. So um, every, I I believe it was two to three years, they would be presenting, um, at the time, Canada's largest and only uh, disability arts festival that would run for a couple of weeks. Um, But unfortunately, that model wasn't overly sustainable. Um, It also meant that you know if an artist missed the opportunity to be involved they would have to wait a certain amount of years to be able to participate again. So um, in about 2016 the organization pivoted again and decided to offer um, we attempt to offer monthly programming, um, that hasn't been possible unfortunately this, this year, um, but offering something monthly that showcases artists, that gives them professional opportunities, um, to present their work and, um, and have a focus on art, um, as, as a way of portraying the disability experience as well.
0: I'd asked this with Monique Nelson, uh, who's part of Possibilities, so I'm going to ask this with you as well. Hmm. Considering that we're in 2020 and there is a push for inclusion, inclusion within society, for people with disabilities in all facets of life, why are we still needing separate groups for people with
3: disabilities? Um, I think that's a really good point. Um, I think just within our own community, and I can only, uh, you know, speak for um, the disability community that I am a part of, um, because I am a person who lives with a disability, but I think that each disability brings um, unique, I mean, I don't want to say challenges, um, because that is generally a negative word, but I think it um, brings unique aspects of life for um, different folks. So it does mean something um, different to everyone. We all have different experiences. So I think that there there is value um, in having, You know, are are different groups of folks who um, are living with different disabilities. But at the same time, I think there is also even more value to coming together as an overall community and often marginalized group. And then even within that, there's so much intersectionality of, you know, people aren't necessarily just a person living with disability. They're, you know, they have um, other um, aspects of their life that that do intersect <clears throat> um, in in regards to art um, if we're seeking, speaking about it from that context I think it is important at this time that organizations like ourselves and possibilities real wheels um, vocal eye, all of these things do exist because there is the need um, and there is the need to make space for, for our community because in, you know, again, I, I hate to use the term regular, but you know, regular life, able-bodied people aren't necessarily, um, taking that time to acknowledge our community and include our community. Um, I have joked in the past, I would love, if an organization like kickstart didn't need to exist that our art artists could simply be seen as artists first um and uh, you know the disability second unless they make that choice um if that makes sense
0: and it's interesting because there there are that's why my one of the reasons why my show is in existence is to sh- showcase people with disabilities mm. we wouldn't possibly need to have disability radio shows if if there was a, a space where everyone was highlighted and showcased.
3: Exactly, yeah.
0: That's a, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And with that, that goes into our PSA break. And after our PSA, we'll get back into talking with Kate Blake, who is the Administrative Assistant of Disability and Culture.
4: Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM, an idea worth stealing. Vancouver's original community radio station since 1975.
0: You're listening to the self advocate on CFRO Co op Radio 100.5 FM on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. I'm your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Facebook at Allison Mira Klein, or you can email me at Allison. Dot Mira dot Klein at gmail.com. On this portion of today's episode, I'm talking with Kate Blake, who is the administrative assistant of Kickstart Disability Arts and Culture. They are having an artist talk for the BC Culture Days. So. Jumping back into it, I remember going to the the artist talk last year for at the CBC. Mm -hmm. What were your highlights from last year?
3: Um, I think the biggest highlight for us um, was um, just simply presenting uh, the event at CBC Studio 700 um, as it was one of the Culture Day hubs. um, So that um, having it in a place like that allowed um, more v- uh, visibility to our event and having um, folks attend that may not have otherwise um, known our event was happening or maybe they don't know much about Kickstart. Um, so just just having that visibility and overall just having the immense support um, of BC Culture Days to to involve Kickstart ha, has been absolutely fantastic for us.
0: Now, has had BC Culture Days
3: ever presented people with disabilities before? Um, that I'm unsure of. Um, I, I didn't have much knowledge of Culture Days um, until we were invited to be involved uh, two years ago, or I guess three years ago now, sorry. Um, But I think that their intention with inviting us was that they did see a gap um, in in the programming being offered um, in Vancouver um, and seeing the importance of involving a disability arts organization um, because of uh, our community's contributions to arts and culture in this province and and this country.
1: That's
0: interesting because there is that big gap and there between highlighting people with disabilities and quote-unquote regular society but there is that slow bridge between since last year because of COVID what have been the downfalls of putting this
3: online? Um, I think the biggest challenge that I see and and others in the arts community see is that by presenting uh, events digitally only, you're running under the assumption that everyone has access to a computer, has access to the internet, um, which is by no means the case. Um, So there is still a you know, a part of society that we are unable to reach um using a digital platform Um, so that is something that i know you know is certainly on the radar of kickstart is on the radar of of many other arts organizations is you know what can we do as a society to to bridge that gap um to give access to to folks who may not have that access at this time
0: that's what i've been hearing a lot from others is the not everybody has access to a computer or access to the internet or regular access to uh, the internet, which is difficult for those who live in remote areas and need to, to be working on from home remotely.
3: And I know um, as, of, as of recently, you know, um, restrictions have been lifted on some libraries. Some libraries are now um, lending uh, different technology devices and things like that to help assist folks with that access. But I think there's still, you know, is, is a big gap and that's something that, you know, perhaps Provincially or federally, you know, if we are going to be Staying in this, you know, more digital world—that is something that you know the the overarching government would, does need to address. Um, I think there is also um, a learning curve for a lot of folks. Um, there was certainly a learning curve for Kickstart. Um, you know, I. I am of that age where I'm supposed to be technologically inclined and I'm not necessarily. So it is, you know, a constant learning process for myself and others in our community, just to, you know, log on to things and experience things as well. Um, so that, you know, is an area that we all need to address as well.
0: Of course, and I'm also at that age where I am technologically inclined and some of the te- new technologies Go way above my head. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah, <laughs> well, and know there's there's been all sorts of advances too, just within um, you know this time period. Um, just thinking of Zoom, which we are using right now, um, has been slowly catching up with more accessibility features. So one thing that they launched in um, just in the past month was being able to pin multiple windows which is extremely helpful for folks who are relying on asl um because if you're in a long event or a long meeting that means there's going to be more than one asl interpreter um so just having the ability to pin um up to i believe it's up to five or six windows even um it is helpful but again something that you know you need to learn how to do that as, as these things come up. Um, but it is great that you know, companies and technology companies are, are recognizing the need for accessibility, uh, accessibility features um, and devoting the time to that as well.
0: That's a huge thing. I never thought of that when I first learned about Zoom a couple of years ago. And then on the pandemic hit, I became more familiar with Zoom and the downfalls, you can say, of it. Especially because I was helping someone who is blind and needed to phone into Zoom instead of logging on through the computer. That was quite difficult. <laughs>
3: Yeah I mean and I think that all of these sort of digital platforms have their you know their plus and their minuses Um, and you know they are our community is advocating to these companies as well um, to add more accessibility Um, and and I think that is something that uh, you know if this is how our our world is going to continue in a digital platform. These are things that need to be taken into account um, and companies need to to put the time and the energy and the money into improving um, these platforms for us.
0: Good, getting back to BC culture days. What can we expect for the
3: artist talk this year? Um, well, I mean, other than the fact that it is digital, um, I, right now we're still in the selection process um, of the artist. So unfortunately, I can't at this time um, d- I talk too much about who will be involved. Um, uh, so, you know, for yourself and and the listeners, stay tuned to that. <laughs> um, but uh, I think this year, we are going to be um, bringing in uh, multi- multidisciplinary artists. In the past, we've had more of a focus on visual art. Um, so we are hoping to showcase other forms of art, um, literary, performance-based music, um, that sort of thing. Uh, but overall, um, I think it's, I can say with confidence, the thing to most look forward to is, is a little bit of insight um, into the creative lives of these artists and while it is only five minutes um, you can get a lot um, from five minutes of someone speaking about their art and how it relates to their, their um, experience as, as a person uh, who lives with a disability. How can we find this artist talk and what is it? Uh, So, it's taking place on Sunday, October 25th. Uh, It's going to start at 1.30 p.m. Uh, Our artists will speak for an hour and then there will be a short uh, question and answer period following it. Uh, To register, you can visit our website, uh, kickstartdisability.ca and um, on the events tab, that will lead you to the registration. So, uh, it is free. Uh, for anyone to attend, but you do need to register so that you will receive the Zoom link. Um, you can also find the information on our Facebook, our uh, Instagram, and our Twitter as well.
0: What's your Instagram account, Twitter account,
3: um, and Facebook account?
0: What are you guys under?
3: Okay, so our Facebook is Kickstart Disability Arts. Our Instagram is at Kickstart Arts. And the Twitter is kickstart underscore arts. What has been
0: your most favorite piece uh, or favorite thing about working under COVID for
3: kickstart? Um, Honestly, I am loving working from home. (laughs) Um, I I have joked as someone who... um, is a part of uh, the mental health community and someone who struggles with their mental health. I've joked that um, this is what I've been training for my whole life, Um, you know, the social isolation and being okay with being at home. I, I'm really, you know, it, it, some days it's challenging, but I do really appreciate being able to work from home, being surrounded by, you know, my own space, um, my animals, having the flexibility, um, you know, to take breaks, to, to work in my um, backyard because I'm fortunate enough to have a yard as well. Um, and also um, just finding that I'm actually a lot more connected to a lot of people than than I have been in the past, um, especially in in work situations. Um, I've had lots of really great opportunities to connect with other organizations. Um, I was asked to sit on a granting um, review committee with the Vancouver Foundation, um, specifically for COVID relief funds. So I was able to make lots of really great connections um, with other arts organizations. Um, so, you know, I think overall the, the flexibility to work from home and, um, all of these great opportunities that COVID has allowed me to network with other in other people in our community, in the arts community.
0: That's what I've been able to do is connect with others.
3: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we're always all on our computers (laughs) all the time.
0: (laughs) And I've been able to meet so many others from not only within Vancouver and within Canada, but in within the U.S. and all over the world.
3: Mm-hmm. That it has been one one really great benefit, and we did see this during our digital festival. To to being online is that kickstarts reach is greater than it's ever been. You know, you can be anywhere in the world now and partake in a Kickstart event. And that to me is really exciting um, for our organization, but also for other people to be able to to experience something that they may not have been otherwise able to experience.
0: If you could give one piece of advice or one imparting piece, what to others in the disability community during this time, what would you give them?
3: Oh, that, that is a big question, Alison. <laughs> um, I would say, um, you know, just as everyone seems to be saying is that we are all in this together right now. Um, I think it's important to support each other within our community and even outside of our community. Um, make those connections, um, check in on folks, create art, talk about your art, do things that, um, during this time, uh, to make yourself happy, to give yourself a little bit of a break from all of the, the, um, negative things that are going on in this world, and ultimately, I think, just take care of yourselves, um, yeah just ultimately take care of yourselves and create art that's what i would say
0: <laughs> on that amazing note this has been the self-advocate on cfro co-op radio 100.5 fm on the unceded territories of the musqueam squamish and Tsleil-Waututh peoples i've been your host allison klein if I'm on Facebook at Allison Mira Klein. If you miss any part of this show or want to listen to this show again, you can find it at anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash Allison Klein. To finish up this show, let's get to our to our outro theme song, Better Miracle by Kiprios. Kiprios is a local rapper from Vancouver. Even though he does not have a disability, this song does talk about having a better day but not a miracle. Enjoy more programming everyone. <laughs>
4: Today, my window, the sun came through today was the day i thought i'd look to my window felt the pain that i knew the sun heard about it when he came through, came through good looking out i needed you today was a day that didn't need rain my window looked to me to make a change the sun rising to the occasion came through good looking out i needed you oh oh, ha, oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. Tell myself, I'm gonna be okay Remember, Remember back then I've come a long way The dream, may never ever be the same But came true, still here with you And that'll do, I know The road I'm on is not an easy way Remember, Remember that I will define the path I take The dream, yeah I'm a dreamer What can I say, came True. true Still here with you, and that'll do I feel it's in my fingers I know it's in my soul Now don't need, I don't need a miracle Just one, get a bit better I feel it's in my fingers, I know it's, it's in my soul now. I don't need I don't need a miracle, miracle. just want little a little better. Better. Oh oh, I'm not regret for last time memories Seek to forget never but my love the hope ain't enough but it's alive and love your love is the one to get me by my life it's never too late to get it right memories on my mind throughout the night oh helps me cope with my life and love your love is the one to get me by oh, oh uh, 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 all right oh, oh. Today is here for me to redefine Yesterday Stay in the past, I let it die In time I'll be doing fine, getting by Cause now's the only moment mattering in life Today live for today, only today Yesterday Never the same, step the pain In time Love and learn to burn into the night Cause now's the only moment mattering in life I feel it's in my fingers I know it's in my soul now I Don't need, I don't need, I need a needle could Just one Get a little bit Más